Hi everyone. Today it's my pleasure to welcome Thomas Perfumo, Kraken's Head of Strategy and Team Lead for Kraken Intelligence. Thomas joins me to talk about their most recent report, the 2021 Year in Review. He discusses some of the major themes from 2021, from DeFi to NFTs to institutional and state level adoption, and attempts to put 2022 into some context for us. I hope you enjoy the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Thomas, thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. I'd love you to tell me a little bit about you know, your background, what you, you've done before and, and how you arrived in, in crypto land. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I've been with Kraken for just over four years now. Uh, prior to joining Kraken, I used to work in the investment management industry. So I worked for a hedge fund and my expertise is in special situations, public equities, which is basically another way of saying things around mergers and acquisition, tender offers, uh, basically non-fundamental events. Uh, I was a generalist, so I covered pretty much every industry under the sun from renewables, nuclear fusion, utilities, uh, even things like coal industry, et cetera. So had a ton of exposure to all these different industries and decided in 2017 to jump in the crypto space, particularly to build more operating experience, working for a company that made actual products and services and not spending all day you know, being a spreadsheet wizard. I first got introduced to the crypto industry in 2013. And that was when I bought my first uh, Bitcoin and played around with the blockchain for the first time. I was introduced by a good friend of mine from high school and a couple of reasons why I just became so personally interested in it had to do with one, it was an intersection of a lot of disciplines that I, I love. So academically, I majored in finance and mathematics, and I had a love for markets in general, particularly equities. And crypto really is the intersection of all those disciplines, very mathematical, very technical, but also has this great markets component. And then just philosophically speaking, you know, I have family who doesn't live in the U.S. My parents are immigrants. And so I have also a pretty good appreciation for their personal experiences with uh, living in countries where they suffer from high levels of inflation. And so for me, even from a, like a political and personal standpoint, I, I saw a lot of the value in, in cryptocurrencies. And so uh, that's that's the quick genesis of my crypto moment and why I joined Kraken. <laughs> no, it's really, it's really excellent to hear you, you talk about that. And you know, I think, you know, your role in the business, it might be worth just explaining a little bit, you know, what you're doing on our side. And, and then we can jump into some of the stuff that we've been, uh, the, you know, the amazing reports you guys have been producing. Sure. So right now I head the strategy team and I also oversee our public facing research group that we call Kraken Intelligence. Uh, super fun. I've had the privilege of working on so many different projects here at Kraken, uh, Back when I started earlier on, it was a much smaller company. And so true to the concept of being a startup, I wore many hats. I worked on everything from strategy to investor reporting and uh, also helped build out some of the, the data stuff, especially around external data analytics. So been around the block, but right now definitely focused on strategy, particularly long-term strategy and 
as I mentioned, the Kraken Intelligence Research Team, where we publish a lot of awesome content on a daily, monthly, and ad hoc basis when it comes to deep dive reports. Well, I'd love to jump into one of those reports. And, you know, uh, it's the, it, we're in the start of 2022, and uh, you guys have done a, a, a kind of year in review report that was published uh, quite recently. Um, 2021, it was a very interesting year in crypto. I've talked about it a lot with different people and there's been so many threads. And I think this report kind of drags a lot of that together in a really meaningful way. I'd love you to give the listeners a bit of a overview of, of what you know you, you guys saw um, and then we can maybe dive into some of the detail. Yeah, it's, it, it's really colored, I think, by just the past several years. So I would say the major highlight in my perspective about 2021 had to do with adoption of cryptocurrencies outside of the store value thesis. And so really we're talking about layer one protocols like Solana, like Ethereum, like Polkadot. And when I think about historically, especially over my tenure here, uh, each year had kind of has its own theme. So, you know, 2017 through 2020, you've gone through waves like uh, institutions, retail adoption, stable coins, derivatives, uh, DeFi. And so when I look back to 2020, it was really the first innings of DeFi and then the narrative shift around crypto as a money uh, in the context of just massive unprecedented stimulus, both fiscal and monetary. And 2021, I think, was just the turbocharge against all these different applications that have been getting built within the cryptocurrency space over the past three, four years. And so just to give you some, some thoughts on this, you know, in DeFi, we went from total value locked or collateral in these smart contracts from something around 10 billion to 200 billion plus stable coins going from about 30 billion to 145 billion plus, uh, incredible amounts of like governance wars that we saw play out where entire projects were dedicated towards trying to um, take advantage of other projects and, and amassing a number of tokens and voting on different proposals. So you had this just beyond the, the asset performance over the year, this just massive adoption by different people of all these different services. And, you know, we can obviously talk about NFTs as a, as a different topic, but yeah, I would say the, the broad theme that I, that I saw over the course of 2021 was just the growth and extension of all these different things that I've gotten built out. Uh, in the last three or four years, uh, but just on a turbocharged level. And it's been really awesome to see. Yeah, I think you're right that the like some of these ideas in the DeFi side were not necessarily super new. There was really innovative things that um, that were rolling, you know, through the through the system, but a, a lot of the groundwork had you know had been laid earlier and this was this was um, you know expansive uh, growth on top of some of that that groundwork right and and were there any okay so you you pulled out stable coins there what were some of the drivers do you think behind behind some of the growth in these different little sub segments of, of of DeFi? i think they're all interrelated in many different ways so for example uh perhaps someone wants to go ahead and, and purchase an item and they need a stable coin to do it uh, but they don't want to sell their crypto like Ethereum or Bitcoin, for example, and they'd rather use it as collateral. So they might go take out a, a DeFi loan against that collateral on Maker or Aave or some other platform 
and then take that stable coin and go use it however they'd like on a different platform. Um, you know, concept, the, the concept of yield farming also comes to play there. And, and, and so again, all of these different components are related in many different ways. Um, and, you know, when I think about, I think the stable coin growth really does underpin a lot of this because stable coins, we saw a big uptick in growth in stable coins around in connection and in correlation with just upticks in total collateral in the system. So when we're thinking about derivatives, for example, the size of the derivatives market, and all the collateral that went into it, and also trading volume. And during this year, we saw just massive, massive growth in stable coins. And a lot of it was fed because you needed some form of collateral to go into these smart contracts. Uh, in many cases, you need a stable coin to interact with these smart contracts because you need to have crypto to do it. And of course, stable coins are one way to get there. And so whether that's a DEX, a DeFi, or going uh, to purchase an NFT, um, you know, I think, I think the broad signal here from the stablecoin side is just an influx of, of dollars and fiat assets into the crypto industry mm. to be used in different formats. Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay, cool. Why don't we pivot across to, to NFTs? You just mentioned them, and then maybe we can kind of roll into to, to looking at 2022 and some headwinds. But um, yeah, NFTs, that was also called out in, in the report. What, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we all saw it was really this explosion in uh, creativity and expression in community building, uh, certainly a big speculative wave built around it. But I think it's, it's fascinating to see how NFTs took off at the same time that you had a lot of meme coins take off. And even uh, things like GameStop and AMC and traditional markets, just this concept of community. And with NFTs, I, I, what's really super awesome is that you had a lot of people who were crypto curious, or perhaps they never even really cared for crypto, but they saw the application of NFTs and the uh, financialization of different creative works and expression as, as like an, a reason to become interested in the crypto industry. And so you had tons of people who never touched crypto, celebrities, um, sports teams, brands, right, touching crypto for the first time in a way of touching a different consumer group that's really focused on expression. And so you, you just had this huge amount of community developed around these, these tokens and obviously a lot of, of press and interest from uh, people who create content, generally speaking. And so, yeah, NFTs, I think it, this concept, of course, hasn't been, has been around for a long time. Mm. Uh, I want to say certainly for five plus years. Uh, I've owned some NFTs since 2017, just like CryptoKitties, for example. But, uh, but yeah, this, this, this was the year where you just had millions, perhaps even tens of millions of people come into the industry for the first time to find another outlet for expression and NFTs was the way. Yeah, and I think, you know, I guess our, our view is that that's just the, the beginning when it comes to this, uh, this new arena, that the artistic and I, I guess kind of um, collectible side of it is, is definitely one thing, um, you know, profile pics and whatnot. And we've seen Twitter uh, add some functionality around that. And so that's becoming quite mainstream, the understanding that, okay, yeah, well, and, and, and controversial as well, perhaps, but that, you know, NFTs are a way of um, doing digital imagery or video or art. But then there's the, the, the other side of this where I saw a lot of growth, which was in the broader use of non-fungible tokens in the crypto space more, you know, 
I mean, I even saw them used in DeFi, um, that, you know, that, that idea. And in the end, it's an, it's an umbrella term, so it's a massive area. But gaming is the other thing that kind of sticks out to me as a huge growth area for the market. And, and we'll do something similar, which is bring new people and, uh, and a whole, you know, a first time basis, perhaps, you know, to crypto. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree with you. I think the, the, the incredible part about NFTs is really just how extensive they can be. You can truly reach so many different addressable markets, gaming just being the tip of the iceberg here. And so um, super interesting to see. I, I, I think for me, and, and I'm not someone who's very much participating in a lot of the speculative activity. I, I bought some forms of digital art that I personally just like to look at. But I, I think what to me really strikes me as interesting when I think longer term and strategically, it's seeing what this wave of NFT um, development is going to bring into adjacent parts of the industries. And I think there's going to be a lot of touch points in the crypto. And I think the, the, the quick summary is, is metaverse, right? I think it's not, to me, it's not a secret or, or confusing as to why Facebook chose this year to, or, or excuse me, 2021 as the year that they decided to invest a tremendous amount of money and resources and even rebranding around this metaverse concept. I think it really did follow this explosion in NFT interest and the many billions of dollars that are now uh, backing so many different startups that are developing software, services, materials, ways of interaction and expression that are going to underpin everything metaverse. And so for me, that that is what I'm focused on in the context of NFTs is how, how do all these NFTs disrupt things in a decentralized manner and in an interoperable manner across gaming, identity, et cetera. It's going to be really, really fun. And I guess the other thread there, I mean, Metaverse and Web3 more generally, you know, new rails for, for um, you know, I mean, digital and economic infrastructure that's built using using blockchain and crypto. Um, it will start permeating, I think, into more and more, more and more industries, which is, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, quite a fascinating prospect. Okay, now, um, so so as a wrap, I think maybe it's worth just pulling out some of the headline numbers if you if you have them handy um, on where you know we got to in twenty twenty one versus maybe some prior years, and then I'd like to kind of jump into um, yeah what what you're looking at for twenty twenty two. We're in a time of pretty significant volatility as we record this podcast. Um, that's not unusual for the space, but I think you know there's probably a lot of people out there that are you know, reassessing their, their views because they might've come into crypto recently. And so um, that's, that's challenging for some, but yeah, we'd love to get your view on, on what you see as the macro trends that will roll into 2022 and, and where the market and where the, where the industry is going. Yeah. So I think some of the highlight uh, data points, and of course there's, there's tons more in the report uh, that we call crypto and review 2021 going mainstream, but you know, the, I think the leading, metrics that people like to look at and, and tend to be a pretty strong signal economically would be just market signals or market metrics. So for example, uh, during the year, the market finishing up close to 200%, which was compounded off of a 300% growth in asset values during 2020. So just massive outperformance. You know, I, I, a lot of people like to harp on the fact that Bitcoin, Ether, and other cryptocurrencies fell significantly from their November all-time highs or thereabouts uh, over the course of the remainder of 2021. But really have to put that in context, uh, crypto vastly outperformed other traditional assets like 
equities, bonds, et cetera. And true to the comment I, I mentioned earlier about uh, smart contract platforms, layer ones, et cetera, let's call them altcoins, uh, far outpace Bitcoin in this context. So uh, altcoins as a category returned over 500%, whereas Bitcoin returned 60%. And the dominance mm. of Bitcoin fell from 70% to 40%. So you had this just massive spread of value to these different platforms. And then again, to, to the earlier point, it followed a lot of the application exposure to NFTs, DeFi, et cetera. So we mentioned some statistics around DeFi and stable coins. NFTs, of course, becoming a multi-billion dollar industry itself, uh, billions of dollars worth of, of sales volume, uh, millions of people interacting in the NFT space at this point. And then just in terms of adoption, you know, you saw a tremendous growth uh, on, in terms of just active usage of these different platforms. So Ethereum having over 20 million uh, live addresses on the platform. MetaMask reporting over 20 million monthly active users. Transaction fees uh, skyrocketing. All indicators of very significantly strong adoption, including from people who just entered crypto for the first time. And then lastly, another highlight that I, I like to point out would be uh, a tremendous amount of growth in terms of institutions, particularly corporations and, and even countries getting involved within with crypto. And in this case, Bitcoin in particular, because it is considered a, an alternative form of money rather than more application based like uh, like Ethereum. But nearly 7% of Bitcoin supply is now held in corporate treasuries like MicroStrategy, Square. And you saw the, uh, the interest around El Salvador now creating crypto as a legal tender and again, becoming one of these early adopters. So really just tons of big news and events. Yeah. Um, Relentless. And yeah, it's, it's endless. I, I could go on and I'll stop there because I, I could really spend the entire time on this. No, but that, I think that's really true for 2021 is that you just had wave after wave of extremely uh, significant, I think, moments um, and, and perhaps that's what's, you know, obviously that drove market sentiment, no doubt, but also perhaps people are kind of, <laughs> you know, the reality versus the, the, um, the, the hype is, is something that, that we always have to come to term with, terms with in emergent spaces. And so, you know, this is, these are long-term projects. A lot of these, these, um, the announcements that we saw last year, you know, were the start of something, not the end. So yeah, it's, it's been a quite a, quite an amazing year from a, from a, from a headline news point of view. Okay, cool. Well, you know, what then sticks? What's 2022 look like and where, yeah, where, where can we see the space? I mean, we've talked a little bit about that we're going to see deeper adoption in, in some of these arenas, but are there any major macro trends that you think will impact and, and, and what are some of the things you're looking out for? I think, well, I, I know off the top of my head three things that, that I'm really interested in seeing. Uh, in addition to what I mentioned around metaverse, because that's obviously going to be something that I'm, I'm tracking closely. But the other three, uh, let's go firstly with just market in general. So this year is setting up obviously to be a pretty challenging year from a macro macroeconomic standpoint, just at the, at the very broadest level. Uh, we're talking continued significant uncertainty around economic conditions, uh, the uncertainty around monetary policymakers, central banks deciding whether they're going to cut or raise rates, um, TBD still. And I think there's a lot of debate over, especially in the United States, over whether we're going to have several rate hikes 
And that will obviously put pressure on just asset categories in general. So we're seeing a lot of choppiness in equity markets and bond markets, et cetera. And it will bleed into crypto markets, likely. So in the short run, I'm, I'm thinking about the impact of the macro economy on the crypto markets. And that does have some trickle down impacts to development and whatnot on, on the crypto side. Mm. Uh, secondly, regulation. So you, you can't have growth the way that we've seen it over the last two years without attracting further interest from regulators, particularly in such an underdeveloped from a legal standpoint industry. And crypto as a multi-trillion dollar asset class has already for years now um, stoked or interest from, from legislators and whatnot to take a closer look. And 2017 brought it about, but then with the bear market, people kind of forgot about it. And I think policymakers are starting to realize that they, they can't ignore it anymore. It's, it's like time to bring clarity to the industry. And, you know, we're all about trying to introduce supportive regulation to the industry and working with regulators. And so hopefully that plays out nicely, but that's, that's something I can't even put a, 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 an estimate on or, or what that would look like. And, you know, I think, you know, as far as another kind of major area of interest for me is going to be just the ongoing development of, of DeFi and adoption within it, just the, the services and, and the creativity that we're seeing with different applications getting built. Um, I want to see more adoption from more people within the industry. And so there's going to be a lot of on-chain indicators that we're continuously looking on uh, to identify whether we're seeing that kind of adoption grow over time. Yeah, I mean, that, that is absolutely a, a big one. And, and from my point of view, you know, the degree to which traditional uh, institutions start making, making use of, of DeFi, right? And DeFi being just, be, you know, just becoming... I don't want to use the word subsumed, but becoming another place for, you know, day-to-day um, -day business, you know, for, for, for mainstream, mainstream financial institutions. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one of the reasons why I find DeFi so interesting is because, and, and I'm guilty of this too, we tend to, I think, over-index on the comparisons of DeFi versus first world access to financial services. And you know, when you see just like the tremendous amount of impact that uh, certain services are having to people in, in second and third world countries where they might not have had access to these kinds of things, it's it's totally different playing field. And I think for for the crypto industry broadly, to the extent that we can elevate and grow just the the um, just the wealth in, in the broadest spectrum of people and, and not focus so much on single markets. Um, you know, really being much more big picture focused, uh, billions of people trying to build adoption to that kind of billion number is, is going to be fascinating to see. And I think DeFi really has the potential to do that to the extent that more people start to take a look at non-sovereign forms of digital value and participating in the applications. I think that's a great place to, to leave it. Thanks so much for your time, Thomas. I encourage everyone who's listened to the show to go to kraken.com and uh, you can get the report from our blog. It's it's a fantastic read and and absolutely kind of almost required reading if you're if you're coming into 2022 with with crypto on the mind. So th thanks again for your time, Thomas. Looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Well, likewise. Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. 
and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been the Crypto Frontier.